Good evening. The schus of the learning tonight is sponsored by the Berman Mishpach in, in honor of the birth of their son, Yerotzen, that the schus of our learning should be a schus, that they should be zeichel, legadle, letayel, chupo, maizim, taivim, achnisa, lebrisa, yishol, avram, avinu, iti, vizmane. The learning should also be a schus before shleim, from yembeil, basnacham, and chayafege, basnacham, b'sleich, shayar, chayli, yisrael. So we're in the middle of very interesting, unusual story, one of the few Prokim Tanakh that does not have any Jews involved at all. We saw last week the disastrous battle where Klaiso brought the Oren out to war, and despite them thinking that this would be the magic potion, they would win the war. Not only did they not win the war, it was a disaster, there was a terrible, terrible downfall for Klaiso. Shili is destroyed, thousands, 30,000 Jews are killed. Chafni and Pinchas are killed, and the worst of everything is that the Oren is taken captive by the Pelishtim. The Pelishtim look at it, Kilu, they captured the god of Kal Yisrael, Chas Yisrael, and the tremendous Chil Hashem, the Oren's taken, and it's brought to the, to the land of the Pelishtim. They bring it triumphantly into the temple of their god, Dagoin, who was some sort of half-fish, half-man, most of Farshim seem to understand he had the bottom of his body was a fish and the top was a man. And they put the Oren right next to their, the statue of their god. And we saw it's Machlekes Amiram where they're trying to give the Oren some level of covet by that saying, well, you know, the Oren was also a god, a defeated god maybe, but a god, so they put it next to their god. Or is it showing the victor was next to the, to the defeated one? It was a bazillion. Either way, it was definitely a bazillion to bring the Oren into a and now HaKadosh Baruch Hu will begin to write the terrible Chil Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need our help to prevent Chil Hashem, which is Stam Kedai lesson. Sometimes people think that they have to do all sorts of things that are not Kifi Halacha and not Kifi Ritzayin Hashem in order to protect Kifi Yochel HaKadosh Baruch Hu from Chil Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very capable of taking care and preventing Chil Hashem on his own. He doesn't need our help. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu will now begin to undo the Chil Hashem, not only undo the Chil Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will gufa turn this entire story into a Kiddush Hashem. Everybody will see, both the Plishtim and Klal Yisrael will see clearly that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yodhi Bakel, he has full control over everything, and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu only allowed the Oren to be taken as a punishment for Klal Yisrael, but that the Oren itself would not be harmed, and other of the Plishtim would suffer greatly for touching the Oren. Now, there's also a very important Nakuda we're going to see here, is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes somebody. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will begin the punishment in a very light manner, in a manner that's intended to try to goad them to doing tshuva on their own. They're given a chance to do tshuva, and we'll see. They don't do tshuva, and they suffer terribly. But it's Kedai to take note of that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will begin when a person who needs a punishment from Hashem. In Hashemayim, usually they start off with something light, something that's negea to his nechasim, something that doesn't directly touch his body, and if a person gets a message and does tshuva, so then, he still has a hope, and if a person is an action, hardens his heart, he acts like paray, and he ignores the Yad Hashem, then HaKadosh Baruch will continue and increase the makas. <clears throat> One other nekuda that's kedai, just to point out before we even start, is that the Polishtim felt that they didn't have to worry. Yes, it's true, we had that they were initially concerned about the power of the Oran, the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
But we saw Chazal brought that some of the Pelishim were saying, nah, Kolish Baruch already, you know, he, he shot all his bullets already at the Pelishim, Kiviyachal Chasashalom, and he has not, at the Mitzrim, he has nothing left. And they thought that somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu is powerless and they acted with Gaiva Kenegad HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent them specifically Makis in a way to lower their Gaiva and, and we'll see, Bedafka to bring down their Gaiva and their feeling of superiority over HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Something to remember that, you know, those who feel that they can just go over HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it doesn't work out well for them. So what happens? So, Vayashkimu So they put the Oren next to the Next to Dagan, they wake up the next morning. Dagan has fallen down in front of the Aaron. So they pick up the Getschke, brush him off, put him back in his spot. Now he was he had fallen. Now, if you just to picture it, it's important. You have the Getschke, next to it you have the Aaron. And if the Getschke is gonna fall, but if it will fall backwards, its feet will be facing the door. If it falls forward, its head will be facing the door. But it will definitely not. It's very hard for it to fall in such a manner that it's going to be bowing towards the Aaron. And despite that, somehow, Dogen ends up facing in a bowing position towards the Aaron. Now, this was the first simon, that this is something that is Shalaikadar Hateva. And that Takalish Baruch Hu is causing and showing that their Dogen has no power, and other Abdogan has to bow down Takalish Baruch Hu. And they should have gotten the lesson from this, but they didn't take the lesson. So Akalish Baruch Hu gives them one last chance, and we'll see, they still get one last chance to do Shuba. So they stand there, okay, they just brush off the Getchka, put it back in its spot, and they move on with life. And the ne- and the next day they wake up again and want to see what's going to happen. You know, probably they're pretty curious to see what would happen. At least if anyone believed anything about yesterday, maybe they convinced themselves so much that this was all keder chateva that they didn't even expect anything. You know, somehow wind must have blown over Duggan last night, and they wake up the next morning and they discover that lo and behold, things are not the way they expected. Dagan is again falling on the ground, bowing towards Lefnei Aroin Hashem. However, this time there's a change. V'roish Dagan u'shtei kapes yadav. Dagan's head and his two hands, kruseis ala miftan. They're cut off and they're sitting on the doorstep. Rak Dagan nishar olav. And it's only the body of Dagan, the fish part, the, the head and the hands, the human part is gone and knocked off and sitting on the doorstep. And the fish part, the body of, the, of Dagan is now bowing towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, first of all, B'derech Pshat, the Malvim explains that what happened is, is that it was clear that Dogen had first crashed down, and that's why he had hit the floor, the doorpost. His hands and feet fell off on the doorpost, and then somehow, miraculously, that means he fell head first, he ended up with his body turning towards the Aaron. So there's no mistake this time that you can somehow explain this naturally, because how did the body end up facing towards the Aaron? So it was very clear from... It was impossible, physically impossible, for this to have happened in any manner other than Alderich Neis. And really, it's not just that it was clear it was Alderich Neis. Like, Baruch was sending a very clear lesson that Dogen, you think Dogen has 
eyes, a head, he can hear, he can speak. You think Dagen has hands, he can do anything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cut all of that off to show that Dagen is just that goylem, that piece of the, 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 the fish body, the dead fish body with no power at all. That's who Dagen is. Dagen has no power. And this is what happens to Dagen, who they dare to compare in any manner to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Facing each other, and then if it bowed, you're saying no. Hand, and coming that part, the second part, yeah. But the fact that oh, the first one doesn't say mamish and perish how it was stood up, yeah. Now, the mafarshim point out what's the eshkimu babayker. It always makes a point that happened in the morning. So first of all, some mafarshim say that our kolish made sure they weren't zeichet to see the nace happened the night while they were sleeping. But another zach I saw the chemas anoch tana say is that we know that the kaychas atoma have extreme power at night. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to show them that Dafka at the moment where you think that is the greatest power for Yavayi Zarah, I'm going to show you that at that moment Dafka, that's when Yavayi Zarah is going to have a downfall. So don't think, you know, we find throughout Tanakh, you have sometimes, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings a tremendous victory against an enemy, and they think, yeah, because, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is powerful in the mountains, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this power, that power. Right, we're famous with Titus Sarasha who said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the god of the ocean, right, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was sailing back from from destroying the base of Migdash, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu sent a tremendous storm to sink the ship, and Titus Arash said, oh, I see that God, that Hashem only controls the oceans. He drowned Pari in the ocean, <laughs> he made a marble, he wants to drown me in the ocean, he can't fight on the dry land. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu said, okay, let's see, you'll go back on the dry land, and I'm going to send a little gnat, a little flea, and see if you can take care of that. And it went into his ear and totally consumed his brain and totally sent him totally mad. But I'll call upon him, to make sure that they wouldn't think that way, because Shabbos showed them at the time of the peak tumah for the Avodah Zarah, Dafke at that time is when Hakadosh Baruch Hu went and destroyed Dagon. Now the next pasuk is unbelievable, and at first glance you think this is something that could only happen to crazy pagans from the ancient times. But we think about it a little bit, something that happens today also. So what was their response? So the response should be, okay, let's do tshuva right away. We're going to send the Oren back to Klal Yisrael. We'll ask Kapara. Instead, They made a new rule. This is a very, very holy doorstep. Don't you know that Dagoin's head and feet actually were on this doorstep? So from now on, you're not allowed to step on the doorstep, not the priests of Dagoin, and not whoever comes to the worship in the base Dagoin. I'm lifting Dagoin, ba'ashtet arayim that's it. You can't step on the doorstep. The doorstep is very holy. It's machleks and mafarshim. It means they thought the doorstep was holy because Duggan rested there, or they thought that the the power, the whatever they, they understood, there's some sort of you know something you don't call kedusha there. The the the, the <clears throat> spirit of Duggan transferred to the doorstep, or maybe they thought that the doorstep was some alternate god that had even more power than Duggan. He was over to, able to overpower Duggan, but. Against all logic, this never happened before. They bring the Aaron, <laughs> Duggan's bowing toward the Aaron, and they somehow ascribe some sort of holiness and some sort of power to the doorstep. And even after, we'll see the Plishim eventually are cowed into submission by Kadosh Baruch Hu. They send the Aaron back, despite all of that. Shmuel saying Bishas that the writing of this sefer, they're still giving kedusha to Dog. Kedusha, if you could call it, but they're still giving some sort of significance to the doorstep of the base Dagen and Ashtay. This is some, 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 a holy spot. And, you know, it sounds very ridiculous. But if you think, you, you look around the world, people get set in an idea, 
and you know, Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes and shows them that they're wrong, and 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 somehow they'll just you know they'll find something to hang on to, and they'll 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 put their uh, all their hope and trust in that other thing. You know, I don't want to get political, but you know, you get uh, yes. oh, exactly. <laughs> masks and vaccines, right? So they come and they, they work so hard and then Akash Baruch Hu shows them, you know, science doesn't control the world and the whole world shuts down because of a virus. I say, no, we're going to defeat it with a vaccine and the minute the vaccine comes out, Akash Baruch Hu sends along a new mutation. Okay, we're going to come up with a new booster and a this and a that and, and they refuse to acknowledge that it's Akash Baruch Hu controls the world and that there's no way to defeat Akash Baruch Hu as much as you can try to overpower Akash Baruch Hu with science and this and that and all of your other, yes, your ridiculous things such as masks. You can't overcome the Kayich of Akash Baruch Hu. And the truth is, unfortunately, Jews are even more prone, Chazal make the point here, which I think this is what they're trying to bring out, Jews are sometimes more prone to this than even the Goyim. Right? And you find, you know, these defeated ideologies like communism and so on, that it's always the Jews that are the strongest believers and they hold on to it when it's the most beyond any logic. And there's still, you know, you have those uh, Jews for Palestine and other crazy things that, you know, people are mamish holding on to dead ideologies out of sight. Chazal say unbelievable thing. Chazal say that the, there's a Pasuk in Sefania. The Pasuk says that Upakadati al-Kol ha-doyle gala miftan. Baruch was saying that he's going to punish all those who jump over the miftan. By the Goyim, it says, and Chazal understood this to be referring to, with the Medrash, Chazal understood this to be referring to the base Dogen. The Klaisol, they went to the base Dogen, and this is Klaisol, that the Oren is the one that did this. And Klaisol went to the base Dogen, and, and the Goyim just stepped over the miftan, but they gave it so much significance, they actually jumped over the, the miftan. They wanted to give even more significance than the Goyim did. I think that the, the Nakuda Chazal bringing out is this Nakuda, that Klaisol has the nature sometimes, where I'm Kshayayif, and we want to be ridiculous and silly and, and overlook the Yad Hashem, we could do it better than the Goyim. I'll go upon him. So now we get back to the story. That's an aside that, 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 that the main take home lesson was that the doorstep was very holy. What? Well, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu now so twice HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent them a message not yet didn't yet touch their bodies they had a chance to do tshuva they didn't do tshuva and now HaKadosh Baruch Hu begins to punish the Ashdoidim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused them a tremendous Shemama, confusion, they were distraught. What happened? They had a mak of tchayr, terrible hemorrhoids, as ashdoid veskvuleha. That ashdoid and the areas around ashdoid had a terrible plague of hemorrhoids. And Chazal say, and add to this, and we'll see it's, it's, it's hinted to in the Pesukim later, that it wasn't just that they had terrible hemorrhoids, it's that they had this, you know, this terrible magaif, everyone suffering terrible stomach ailments and terrible pain. And they would go to the bathroom and mice would come and there was a plague of mice at the same time. The mice would grab at their innards that were coming out when they were trying to relieve themselves and yank at it and cause them insane pain and death and plague. And even, Chazal say, that they would come and they would try to put something, something they would make bars or they'd put a cleat, something to, to prevent the mice from attacking them when they had to do their business. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu would cause B'derech Neis that the mice would get through whatever they, they, they put there. And the reason that Kodesh Baruch sent such a bizarre, seemingly bizarre and embarrassing and terrible ma- magaifa is goofy because they were 
They came with a tremendous guy of a connected Akalish Baruch when they said Akalish Baruch used up all his makas. Hashem said, first of all, I can use up all my makas. Akalish Baruch is much more creative than them. You think of many more makas. And Akalish Baruch gave them a mak of tremendous busha. You can act the guy of Akalish Baruch will lower you. I know we, we, we've seen recently, right? We saw with the, with the, with the governor of New York when he was uh, Magbia himself all the way over Akalish Baruch and said, we don't need Akalish Baruch We can control the science, we'll control and Hashem lowered him down all the way to the to the Sheol Tachtis. So this is, you know, those that try raising themselves up above HaKadosh Baruch Hashem lowers them down in the most humiliating and, and embarrassing fashion. In addition, they dared to look where they didn't have a right to look. They looked inside the Aur, and HaKadosh Baruch sent them in their base Hastarim, in their areas of privacy. HaKadosh Baruch sent them this terrible Magefa. Vayiru Anshi Ashtoy Kichain, the people of Ashtoy saw this terrible Magefa, Vayimru he said, we, we can't have the Oren here because uh, obviously the Oren is causing us to suffer and it's causing our God to suffer, which again, the ridiculousness that they didn't you know, realize that, okay, Dogen obviously is not the God. They you know, continue to say, Dogen's our God, we just got to get rid of this God because he's a little too powerful for our God. Vayishlechu. They asked us to call so they're not sure what to do. They, you know, to admit defeat is not simple. So they make a meeting of all of the governors of the Pelishti territories. The Pelishti didn't have a king. They had the Chomish Sarne Pelishti, the governors of the main cities. As called Sarne Pelishti, Malayim Vayemru, Manasel Aroin Elikeisrael, what should we do with the Oren of Akadosh Baruch Hu? Vayemru, Gas Yisayv, so I said, let, you know, who says this is the Oren? Maybe it's a Mikra. Let, let, let's send it to another city. Gas was at the other end of the Gaza Strip, far away from, from, from Ashdod. And if this is some sort of mat- natural plague, it won't follow along. And let's see what happens. <clears throat> so let's send it to Gas. So Gas, you say, So they send the Oren to Gas. <clears throat> Now, the people of Gas, Be'etzim, had a tremendous, the, the level of their chutzpah goes beyond the level of the people of Ashton, because they saw there was a Magefa, and they should have been afraid to allow the Oren to come into the city. And despite that, they agreed to have the Oren come to the city. So because of that, Vayhi Achrei Oisai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls a tremendous muhuma in the city. What's a muhuma? So Rashi says, in the next city, but also uses Lush and muhuma, that wherever it says muhuma, that means there's thunder, lightning, a tremendous panic in the city. And Kipshuta, it means that there was tremendous fear and panic because, you know, they already were aware that there's a possibility of a plague and the plague broke out instantly and in a terrible, much worse fashion as soon as the Aron arrives and there's a tremendous panic in the city. People are just, not just like it says, there was a year, there was a fear in Ashtay. Here it was already panic. Every single person in the city, from small to old, was suffered. The hemorrhoids here were the Mepharshim understands, interesting wording, the Mepharshim understands to mean that it was internal now. So, you know, when it's external, there's, there's creams and ointments, things that can be done to heal it. This is now internal. It was much more painful. And the, the, the bleeding and the suffering and the pain was terrible. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu upped the ante. They still didn't do tshuva. They continued to show gaiva, kenege, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Things get worse. 
Now over here, they're not waiting around now for, for, for big meetings and to see, should we keep the R and shouldn't we keep the R? And they right away realize it's a disaster. They send the R to Ekron, another Pelishti city. And the people of Ekron, they already got the message. They start screaming out. We sent it here to, to kill me and my nation. Now, it's interesting here is that they used a Lashen that we didn't find anyone dying till now. We find that they were suffering and they had these terrible Tchayrim and internal Tchayrim and we have mice that are biting them and all the Mepharshim understand also the mice were attacking the fields. But who talks about Misa? So we'll see in the next Pasuk that they start dying. So it could be that they understood that there was people dying all along. But I saw Mechitana says something very interesting. He says, Bris crucial society. Be careful how you talk. They didn't die anywhere else. They're just suffering. They say that the Oren's coming to kill us. And right away we'll see in this Pasuk, the coming Pasuk, that people started dying. And they make an emergency meeting of the governors of the territories. Send the Oren back. Shouldn't kill me and my nation. So we had Yira, then Muhuma, now to Muhumas Moves. It's a panic of death. Hashem was very harsh. Tremendous amount of people died. And those that didn't die, and the ear, the city, cried out to Shemaim. There was tremendous suffering. The, the, the greatness of the suffering in Ekrein reached epic levels in Ekrein, and now they realize that this is a disaster that has to be dealt with. Now, the Pasuk continues, There were seven months altogether, it's unclear exactly was how this the progression of the events, how long it was in each city for, but it was a total of seven months until they sent back the Arab. What's Pshat? Now, first of all, the Washington State Pelishtim is interesting. It was in the field of the Pelishtim. It was in the cities, Kipshutai. So, some of them, Farsham, explain that once the first three cities suffered that badly, they couldn't even bring it into a city. It was out in the open fields, hoping that, you know, that would protect the city dwellers, but it was to no avail. And now they decide they have to send back the Arm. Chazal pointed out something interesting. What's Dafka, the number of seven months? Where did seven months come from? So there's a medrash that says that the pshat in the seven months is because it's a medrash rabba that we know we laid it on 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 uh, Rosh Hashanah the sheva kivseis hatzayin that Avram gave to, to Avimelech and he made a bris with the pelishtim so connected this that Avram decided to make a bris with the pelishtim Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't tell him to make a bris with the pelishtim so connected there Hakadosh Baruch Hu caused the Klai Yisrael to have seven months at the Aron would be Bistea Plishtim, and this was a punishment for Avram Avinu coming too close to the Plishtim. No peace trees with the Palestinians. Another take on fear. I'll call upon him. So the Oren was for seven months Bistea Plishtim, and now the Plishtim decides time to send the Oren home. Vayikru Plishtim l'chayhanim v'lekoismim. They're priests, they're magicians. Lamar manasel aroin Hashem. What should we do with the Aaron? How could we send it back? And Chitana understands, they weren't just asking how to send it back. 
they're asking, will it work? Could we do tshuva? Rashi says, ready, that in which way should we send it back so that we won't get in even more trouble? HaKadosh Baruch will be merapos. And Mechatana says over here that the Kaisman, they're apparently smart people because they told that, yeah, if you're going to do tshuva and you're going to admit to your hate, you'll be do vidui and you'll be shoved from your hate. Then, you're going to do tshuva in the way that they're going to describe. My Kodesh will forgive you and will heal you. So, they want to know, how do we send back to our... So, so again, they, they ask, how do we send it back? How can we send it back in a manner that we'll get a kapara, and they wanted something else also. How could we be assured that this is really the problem? Maybe something else is going wrong. So they told them, You can't send it back empty-handed. You have to send back a oshem, an offering, sin offering, and then you'll be aware of why until now HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't stop punishing you. Because you'll see that when you brought the Asham and you sent back the Aaron, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took his hand away from punishing you, and that will make it clear why until now you were suffering. So they said, Vayemru maha Asham asher what's the Asham? Vayemru, so they told them, Misper Sarnei Plishtim Chamisha, there's five governors of the Plishtim, so Chamisha Tchere Zov, Chamisha Achbre Zov, five golden Images of hemorrhoids and five golden mice. This is connected to the mice that Chazal explained were biting them, or others on the same that they were attacking the fields. Because it's all one magefa, and you have to be aware of that. And, 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 and this is an important nakudah. The Kaisrim appreciated that everything that was going wrong, it's all one. It's all one magefa coming from our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And if you're going to want to do tshuva, and you want HaKadosh Baruch to mechaper, so an important part of the tshuva and the kapara is recognizing that all the suffering is coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And not to, you know, attribute some of it to mikra and to bad luck, but to attribute all of it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And making these golden images, it's showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we appreciate that these makas come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and not just from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Malvin says it comes machmas techeit, that... The chait itself is what causes, chait is what brings suffering, and it's our chatan that brought our suffering, and if you'll do that, then I call the will be mechaper for you. Now, you'll make images of your, the hemorrhoids, and images of your mice, that are destroying the land, it sounds, that's the poshup shat, they're just destroying all the crops. And you should give honor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Perhaps lighten his hand from you. That was a very interesting passage because it shows the mindset of even Goyim, with all that we said about them, they're worshipping the doorstep and everything. But look how they're magicians. These are the, 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 the priests of the Avedazar and the magicians. Listen how they talk. They're not, they're not part of their nation. They are, but you know, they're, they're, speaking the, they're speaking to the they're speaking to the they're speaking to the they're speaking to the Sarnei Plishim to the kings. So they're telling you know the, the, the governors that you know your nation, the governor's nation. But listen to to the way they speak. And 
Why are you going to harden your heart the way Pari hardened his heart? Don't you know that the end of the story was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu played with Pari, and eventually they had to send Klal Yisrael out anyway. Don't be machbed your heart and wait for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to send all his makis, and then you'll have to end up with the same result anyway. Be smart, do it now, and that way you won't have to go through all the suffering. So you see the, the tremendous impact. This is hundreds of years later of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. And the Esashe Salalti Mitzrayim that Kalash Baruch Hu said is the purpose of the Makis. We see that it was, it was something that all of the world that was talking about still, hundreds of years later, Goyim are talking about Esashe Salalti Mitzrayim, the Koyach of Kalash Baruch Hu, and the tremendous Yad Hashem. And, and, and the lesson, which you know, we would all do well to take to heart, is that you know, when things go wrong, Loma Sechabdu Eslevavchem, why should you harden your heart? The end of the day, you don't want to work to miss out with you. At the end of the day, the Ritzayin Hashem, Atz Hashem, He Sokim, whether or not you like it. So it's Kedai to be Machni yourself to Akal Jeroch right away and don't, don't wait, don't be like Pari. Okay, we'll stop over here in Bez Hashem. Next week, we'll see what happens when they actually send the arm back and uh, how they send the arm back and what happens in Kalyasol when they arrive back in Eretz Israel.